Hey, I'm Ben Gibbons from City Light in Sydney, Australia, and you're listening to Reclamation Worship. I'm Jason Allen, host of Reclamation Worship, the podcast devoted to reclaiming a biblical view of worship for the church. Well, thank you for joining me for this episode of Reclamation Worship. Today's guest is Ben Gibbons. Ben is a member of the group City Alight. City Alight is a music ministry from a church in Castle Hill, which is just outside of Sydney, Australia. And Ben has been a member of this group for a number of years. Uh, Their goal is to write songs with biblically rich lyrics and simple melodies for the Christian church to sing. And uh, it's just so encouraging to hear Ben's heart. He is a volunteer with his church, and he serves as a volunteer for City of Light. Uh, Ben is primarily uh, an elementary school teacher, and so uh, just so cool to see this brother who has so many gifts uh, that the Lord has blessed him with. His heart is to serve his church and to serve as an educator. Not only is Ben worshiping the Lord by serving his church and leading uh, worship through music, but he's also serving the Lord by being an elementary school teacher. Uh, he's serving the Lord by pointing kids to Christ. And uh, just so encouraged by this brother, so encouraged by our conversation. And for you foodies out there, I discovered there is a compelling reason to visit Australia and it has to do with Alice Springs Chicken. All right, well, let's head on over to the interview. Ben Gibbons, welcome to Reclamation Worship. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. All right, man. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. I have a real serious question before we get going uh, with the interview. So uh, my favorite restaurant in all the world is Outback Steakhouse. So I've got to know, (laughs) have you ever eaten at an Outback Steakhouse? Uh, There's an Outback Steakhouse about 20 minutes down the road from where I live. Are you serious? A couple of times, yep. Yep. So there's, there's an actual Outback Steakhouse in Australia. That's really cool. Yep. That's yep. cool. Ben, tell me where you live. Tell me about yourself. Uh, okay, so my name's Ben Gibbons. I live in Sydney, Australia. Um, I'm probably, you know, 45, 50 minutes from what you would visually recognize as Sydney, Australia, okay. out in the suburbs. Um, I am 29 years old, almost 30. It's a bit scary, to be honest. Um <laughs> Uh, I'm a school teacher, primary school teacher. I teach fifth grade and a little Christian school in the suburbs here in Sydney, which I really love. Um, I'm married, have been married for almost six years to my wife, Natalie, and uh, we've just finished building a house out here in the suburbs, which has been really cool. And in fact, these two weeks while I'm on holidays, we're landscaping and building pizza ovens and garden beds and you you name it. It's been a bit of a a fun journey for us. So um, yeah, I've just loved what God has, you know, placed on my heart to do in terms of working with kids and sowing into this next generation and then also to have the privilege of being involved in City Light, which is, I guess, what we're talking about today. So That's right. Um, 
yeah, just even the fact that I'm having a conversation with someone on the other side of the world to do with a ministry is frankly mind-blowing for me. So That's so cool. Yeah, well, and I do want to talk about City of Light and how you uh, came to be involved with that mm-hmm. ministry in just a few minutes, but would you mind sharing with us first how the Lord saved you? What was that? Uh, what was your conversion? Yeah. Like? yeah. So I've been super blessed to have been brought up in a, a Christian family. Um, my parents were really passionate about allowing my brother and I to make our own choices in terms of, uh, we, we went to church every week as kids and um, I'm really grateful for that now looking back on it. Um, I probably got to about the age of 14, 15, was in high school. Uh, my friends were going to different churches from where the small church where I grew up in and uh, kind of felt at that point that I was really just going and I guess carrying on the legacy that my parents had um, and just kind of assumed that I was a Christian, you know. It's mm-hmm. that whole sheltered, very sheltered, and I'm very grateful for the upbringing that I had, but very sheltered life where, you know, we weren't too controversial or we didn't do anything too wild. Right. Uh, so I just assumed that I was cool. You know that yeah that was all set uh and then i started going to a youth group actually at saint paul's castle Hill, where i am now i've been there for a long time okay um and went to a youth camp had a great time it was awesome got to about day four and there was the preacher got up to preach a message on grace mm. and i thought ay 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 i think i've had it wrong for this entire time wow um and was really struck at that point uh, that the way that I had been living was really not uh, as, you know, a follower of Jesus. Mm. Uh, and so at that point in January on that year, and I can't even remember what year it would be. That's how long ago. Probably about 15 years ago, um, Jesus saved me. And wow. that was, that was the, the turning point for me. I was, you know, 15, 16. Uh, and from that moment, everything changed. Wow. That you know, changed my mindset, changed the way I looked at, why I was going to church. Mm. Was I going to church simply to keep my parents happy? Well, up until then, probably yes. Okay. Was I going to church up to that point because my friends were there? Probably yes. Mm. Um, and from that point, it was just that gradual change of mindset of, well, okay, there's a purpose to why we do this. Mm. There's a purpose to why we sing songs to each other, why we read the Bible, why we do all these things. And that is because we want to get to know Jesus more. Wow. And um, I don't think I'd ever really considered that before that point. But That's so yeah. cool. So cool. So you're still at St. Paul's? I am, yeah. That's great. And so City of Light was birthed out of that church? Yeah, so City of Light is really just, um, I guess, a public name or a publishing name for the worship team at our church. That's okay. probably the easiest way I can explain it. Um, we aren't a set lineup of people. Um, we aren't a professional Bunch, so we don't work for the ministry. Um, all of us are volunteers. Um, so basically, in terms of my role at our church, I'm uh, what we call a team leader or a worship leader. Um, so I will lead a team of people who serve once a month. Um, there's you know, 10, 12, 13 people in my team spread across morning and evening services. Okay. Um, and so basically, City Light was the name that we we created for the publishing company to release the music that we write and sing at our church. Okay. Way to explain it. Yeah. So the music that we hear that we enjoy Mm -hmm. is primarily created for a local body of Christ to sing together. Absolutely. That's our whole, our whole purpose is to resource the church. Firstly, our own church, but I guess the wider church with simple songs and the simplicity is what helps things take off for us at home. 
mm. and uh, trying to pack in as much biblical, uh, well, as many biblically rich lyrics and to keep it true to what the Bible says is possible. And that's been really beneficial and a massive blessing to our own congregation. And to be honest, anything that God's done with it beyond our four walls has been remarkable. It's been it's been a wild ride, to be honest. I think our whole... Um, the way that we've viewed it from the very beginning and the way that the guys that who I guess kicked it off, we had these two guys, Rich Thompson and Johnny Robinson, who are still writers for our team. Uh, they kind of had the vision to help make this happen. And their whole thing from the very beginning was we will write and we will trust God to give us songs and to bless us with this for our own people. And then whatever doors he opens for us to release it beyond that, we will follow. And as soon as he closes the door and he says, well, this is it, then that's it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been really great at keeping us humble and focused on the goal, which is not notoriety or it's not, you know, to, to reach the world per se. Yeah. All we want to do is write songs that will bless someone somewhere, okay. whether that's an underground church in Asia or a mega church in the States or wherever it is, that, that's not really our goal. Our goal is simply to write simple songs, simple melodies and mm. biblically lyrics and that's it. Tell me about that process. Do um, is it a large team that gets together and, and works on that, or uh, mm-hmm. is it individual? Or how, how do y'all do that? How do y'all come up with your with the songs? Yeah. Um, so we we co-write. Um, I mean, some people will obviously come up with ideas by themselves, um, but generally speaking, we write in small groups, so maybe two or three people, sometimes more. Um, we've been really blessed the last two projects that we've done to have, uh, Michael Farron from Nashville come out to work with us. Mm. Um, and so basically what we've done is in, uh, the months leading up to the project actually being recorded, he will come out and bring a couple of writers. So we had guys like Dustin Smith, um, James Teeley, uh, Jesse Reeves and stuff have come out in the past. And so we will do like intensive writing weeks or fortnights where, every day or every night there's groups of people booking in to write with each other and sit in a room. Oh, wow. And that's where most of the songs come out of. Um, And so the process begins there with, you know, someone might have an idea or a passage they've been reading, uh, you know, start throwing ideas around the room, see what, I guess, sparks from that. Um, And that's, yeah, as I said, where a number of the songs for our most recent album came from. Mm -hmm. Um, Rich and Johnny, who I mentioned before, they will write every week together. So they set aside time on, you know, a weeknight once a week to write and they write every week. They're really disciplined with that, which has been incredible. Mm. Um, and so, again, they write together. They might come up with ideas individually, but they, they pull their ideas together. Um, and so that's kind of the way we've, the philosophy we've used is we're better together. You know, God's going to stir up ideas in, in one heart and when we bring them together, we can start to flesh that out a little bit more. Wow. Um, so that's, I guess, how the writing process has developed for us. I know there's guys writing at the moment, not physically right now, but these last few weeks and months, um, we've started this process of, okay, well, let's start writing together. You know, let's see what ideas we've got and what we can start to bring together. Mm. Um, so there were people recording demos or, you know, coming up with, with ideas. And so that's been really cool and encouraging to see that God's still stirring ideas in our team and, you know, what happens with it. So how big of a church is St. Paul's? Uh, St. Paul's, we've got four services on a Sunday. So we've got like a traditional service in the morning with uh, those really faithful folks that have been there for decades. Um, And then a family service in the morning, which I attend, which I really love. 
um, and then two evening services. Over the over a Sunday, we get roughly two thousand people wow. through our doors. Okay, okay, been pretty awesome. So, That's so great. you know, small to mid sized church, I guess by perhaps American standards. We're yeah. we're actually part of uh, what's called the Sydney Anglican Diocese. Okay, um, so the Anglican Church in Sydney. Um, has you know five six hundred churches across the city, and so we're one of the larger ones within that diocese. So, what if anything is uh, setting uh, what is happening at St. Paul's musically? What is setting y'all apart from other churches in Sydney? I think the, the the biggest way that we are, I guess, set apart from some of the other small churches that are doing things is God has just uniquely placed a really gifted bunch of people in in our midst at this time. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of us grew up together playing in youth bands and things. And we're discipled really well in that. And then we've had people like Rich and Johnny, who I mentioned before, come in who have just got this knack for songwriting or for Rich. He was part of a band called Revive who toured around the States for, for a while. And so he's got a bit of that industry experience and know-how in terms of just getting things done. Um, we've got our pastor who oversees us, Rich Vasalo, who is just an absolute machine at getting things done. He wow. is production. He is marketing he is everything and so we've we've just been really uniquely blessed in that sense wow um and i guess also just to have a church of a size that's big enough to financially sustain the work that we do okay um so i think that's probably a unique set of factors that have led to us being able to do what we do there are i know of churches in sydney who are writing music and looking at trying to record things and have that similar focus on hey let's make it simple and achievable for small churches and you know we we would love to work with them and you know s- support them i guess in what they're doing mm. got some good friends with churches who that are closer into the center of the city who are doing that sort of stuff so it's pretty cool to know that the work that god's doing within city light is encouraging this sort of um ministry and others to say well actually you know what if they can do it so can we mm. um and i guess that's the best thing for us is to say there's nothing special about us yeah we're just following god's call and using what he's placed in our hands to try and make it happen. That's great. So how do you know when, uh, when y'all are ready for a new album? Yeah, that's the magic question, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we have a single that will come out sometime either this year or the beginning of next year, which we recorded or which was written um, around the same time as our previous project was happening. Um, and it's actually more of a bit of a lullaby song. It's incredibly beautiful and frankly still brings me to tears when I hear it. Mm. Um, so that will come out at some point. I don't have the magic answer to when that will be, but I okay. know it will be soon. Um, and then from what I understand, we are simply in the process of writing and seeing what happens with that. Um, I know we'd probably love to do a project next year. Um, we're not under any sort of um, pressure from record labels or from ourselves at all to, to put things out. I think for us it's about making sure we have quality songs rather than trying to push out a record every 12 months or 18 months or whatever it ends up being. Okay. Um, and I think, again, that's one of the strengths for us is we're not pressured into doing anything. We're not looking simply to keep our marketing ball rolling or, you know, we're trusting that God will use the songs that we, we put out and whenever that happens, I guess, you know. Mm. So um, I believe there is things on the, on, on, on the horizon in the pipeline. Um, but as to when exactly that will be, I don't know. Gotcha. <laughs> Do any of your songs uh, that, that y'all end up writing and um, using for corporate worship, do they accompany, follow uh, the teaching, the, the preaching and teaching of the church? Or 
uh, how do y'all do you work with the pastoral staff in in uh, in coming up with these songs? Yeah, absolutely. Yet not I, but through Christ in me, that was written out of a teaching series by Rich and Johnny, um, just really sparked by what they were hearing from our, our pastors and what was being taught from the platform. Um, Ancient of Days was coming out of a series in Daniel where we were looking at who God is and how faithful he's been over generations. Mm. Um, going back to Only a Holy God a couple of years back, that was written out of and inspired out of what was being taught on a Sunday. It was then, you know, sparking ideas. Um, that's been the biggest focus for us is because we are a local church and we are songwriters solely based out of our local church. Everything that we're doing is inspired out of what we're learning in church, what we're being taught, what we're studying, what we're studying in growth groups or Bible studies. Mm. Um, and so everything for us is linked to the word and what we're hearing from it. And I guess that's been the best thing. I mean, I can say this as a, from a personal standpoint, looking back on the ministry and saying, I love that what we do is is born out of what is coming off the platform in our church. Mm. Our pastoral staff have been super supportive of us and will actually, you know, pour through the lyrics and go, actually, you know what, I think we need to improve this because it's not quite saying this as well as we could. Or, mm. you know, the Bible actually says this, so maybe we need to consider just a slight language change so that it stays true to what the word is saying. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's been really important for us is that everything we do is just an extension or a flow on from what we're being taught. Wow. Uh, hearing from our, 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 our teaching team, which is, you know, such a blessing. I uh, praise God for that. Mm. So personally, what, uh, what is your role in the band? What, what instrument do you play and, uh, mm. or what instruments do you play? <laughs> instruments? Yeah. Well, I play acoustic guitar and sing. Um, so I'm one of the worship leaders with the team, um, have been, incredibly blessed to have been a part of uh, all of our projects so far. Um, and that may change. It, that's the best thing for us too, I guess, is that I'm not the front man of City Light or Tian, who is the, the female worship leader who you'd probably associate with the sound. She's not the, the front woman of City Light. We have just been really lucky to or blessed to um, have been involved in that way. Um, wow. I play acoustic and, uh, You'll never see me play keys in public, but I do play at home. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I wish I was better. Um, but yeah, acoustic and, and vocals is my main two instruments. Well, and that, that's unique, I, I think, uh, the setup that y'all have um, with the rotation and, and mm. the identity of the group be, sort of being in flux. Uh, mm. I would imagine that that helps y'all in a number of ways. Um, but uh, that, that's really cool that, uh, that, mm. that y'all are so free to uh, share the the spotlight and um, yeah. and and yeah. have the the rotation amongst the members. Yeah, I think that's been from a personal. I mean, I'm quite an introverted person. I don't really love the attention or the spotlight or any of that. And um, so, for me to know that I'll fulfil my role within this, you know, project, and then I don't have to do every single gig that we do, or mm. I don't have to play every event, takes that burden of attention I guess that I don't want to have off me and I know that's probably the same for a lot of the guys is that we love being involved but the pressure of it being you know just me or just whoever would mm -hmm. would almost completely change the way we do things and so it's kept us humble and and open and supportive of each other and encouraging and I think that's one of our biggest strengths. Have y'all been to the US to, to tour? Um, 
I actually was in Nashville for the Getty Worship Conference in August with Rich, our pastor. We got invited over, which was the first time I'd been to the States and was frankly mind-blowing. And so we did a couple little things while we were there, but the main focus was being at the conference and just meeting people. Okay. Um, we did get to go and visit CCLI and do one of those little worship fuel live recordings, which will come out at some point. Um, but in terms of touring, because we've uh, established ourselves as volunteer team, as a volunteer team, I had to take a week off work unpaid to be in the States for that week. Okay. And so for a lot of us, it would be the same sort of situation. To be able to tour, we'd have to take time out of our own jobs. Um, and, you know, we've all got mortgages and families and everything is <laughs> tricky. Um, and so would we love to explore that idea? Probably in the future. Um, I don't know that we're at that point now. Um, just in the, the sense of because we are all professional people in other realms, mm. that's a really tricky balance to try and get, you know, eight or ten people to take two weeks or a month off work is actually right. really difficult. And you can imagine our bosses would be shaking their fists and, you know, hang right. on a second, put a job here. Um, <laughs> so it's something that I'm sure we would explore and there's definitely been countless offers from around the world to, you know, hey, come to the UK or come to the States. and I guess for us, it's not that we don't want to. It's just that at this point in time, we can't. Sure. Just with everything else at home, yeah. you know. So. Well, and I guess it's not really in keeping with the purpose of, exactly. of what you're doing anyway. I mean, you're serving uh, your church there locally. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that would uh, be getting away from, from the primary. Um, yeah. Well, I think the other thing, too, is if you took those half a dozen or a dozen people out of our ministry, then suddenly you're leaving big holes at home. Right. Which, and for us is home is the, the first priority. Mm. Our home church is everything for us in terms of that's our people, that's our ministry, that's our, our source for all of that. And so to take, you know, some of our leaders out of there for an extended period would really leave gaps. And so we don't really want to do that at this point anyway. Mm. I, uh, I shared with you before we started recording that mm. uh, City of Light has been getting a lot of attention here in the States and, uh, we are just so encouraged by your um, music and so thankful for what, what you're doing. Um, does your congregation keep y'all humble? How do they, what, what is their role in uh, preventing y'all yeah. from, uh, from, from letting all the attention go to your head? It's funny. I think, and I personally didn't really realize how much people had caught on to what we're doing until I was in Nashville a few weeks ago. Mm. We're nothing big in Australia, to be honest. The Christian music scene isn't huge. Mm. Our own people really have no idea uh, (laughs) what God is doing with our music, which I think is an incredible blessing in that we're not preoccupied by it as a church. This isn't our focus. Our focus Mm. is really just reaching people with the good news of Jesus. Amen. And so, um, you know, my own wife, when I came back from America, I was like, oh, you know, I met all these people and... I just can't believe what God's doing with the music. And she's like, oh, really? <laughs> and so I think for us, genuinely, it's been a real shock that people are hearing our music or stumbling across it on YouTube or finding it on wherever. Wow. And um, so we're just kind of, you know, in a bit of awe of what God is doing with it. Because to be honest, we don't market ourselves particularly. We don't boost posts or get ourselves out there. We, we are literally just allowing God to do what he will do. and so. Um, I think that's been really cool for us is that we almost ourselves don't know the reach of it mm. in terms of the volunteers. And I'm sure our pastor would have some idea and perhaps they withhold that from us to keep us humble. And I think that's been really good. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say that that's what he's done because that's that sounds like a wise choice. But yeah, we, we really don't have much of an idea. And I think wow. that has been really good for us because, it, you know, as I said before, I'm not someone who loves the attention. And so for me to not know is almost better than to know. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was taken aback hundreds of times in Nashville at just people saying, oh, you know, I stumbled across your music on YouTube three or six months ago and this song was played at, you know, this event or, you know, this person sang this song on their last day before they went on tour with the, with the armed forces and it had this impact. Just all these stories of mm. mind-blowing situations that I could never have dreamed of. And wow. has just been so encouraging. Yeah, That's so cool. So we've talked about uh, your role in uh, worship through music, but I uh, mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, and I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't tell you that yeah. we were going to talk about this, but as a teacher, yeah. how do you see worship being lived out on a daily basis in, in your life? Uh, how is it that you are worshiping God, you know, being in front of children on a daily basis and, uh, yeah. and teaching them? Uh, you know, the basics uh, in grammar school. So uh, reading, yep. writing, and arithmetic. How is it that you're yep. serving the Lord in, in what you're doing there? That's a great question. I love that. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is in my own mind to not separate worship in that corporate sense from worship in the everyday sense. Mm. Uh, you know, we know and the Bible says that God has called us to be faithful in all mm-hmm. that we do, mm-hmm. to work at everything as if working for it are working for the Lord. And so for me, I actually have the the real blessing of working in a Christian school, Mm. which makes that a little bit easier. Um, We, the way that we run our school, it's what's called a parent controlled Christian school. So everything that we teach is through the lens of what the Bible says. Mm. Um, So we, we still teach maths and English and writing and everything, but what we do is try to frame everything to say, well, God has designed this for a purpose. Mm. How can we learn more about his world and then use that to bless it. Mm. So use what we know to grow ourselves as disciples, to grow ourselves as leaders or as whatever, and then to, to say, well, what impact or what legacy can we leave on his world? What can we do for him? Mm. Um, and so for me, that's been a, real, a really fantastic opportunity to grow and develop myself as a teacher to say, well, I've got these 24 kids, 24 10-year-olds, and mm. they have all their unique you know, passions and gifts. And for me... What I try to do is firstly model who Jesus is, Mm. um, you know, be humble and be kind and patient and gracious. Uh, And then to say to them, well, these are the things that God has done in my life. These are the things he's doing in my life. What could he do in yours? Mm. So for them, you know, I took a week off in the school term to go to America and then came back and was able to share with them the things that God is doing or the, the way I was encouraged. And then to see them take those little bits of wisdom or, uh, experience and go, well, you know, God has been good to this person and so he can be good to me. Mm. And so I think for me that's been really awesome in terms of just being able to live out my faith wow. um, in front of these kids and in front of the school community and all of that. So that's it's definitely easier for me working in a Christian school perhaps than in a public school, but yeah. that's been a real blessing and privilege for me. Praise God. So is this school attached to St. Paul's or are they no, uh, separate? No. It's, um, it's a separate, it's a little um, community school, 50-odd years old, started by Dutch reformists. Wow. Um, and, yeah, it's just focused on partnering with, partnering with families to, um, to bring up their kids to know and love Jesus and serve him with everything they have. So wow. it's been really cool. 
Lord willing, what will Ben Gibbons be doing in 10 years? <laughs> 10 years. Um, well, I believe I'll still be leading worship in my church, uh, still be playing acoustic, still be hopefully, uh, you know, writing songs or trying to write songs. Um, still just loving what I've been called to do in terms of being a teacher. I, I don't see myself walking away from that or changing. Um, probably just living in this big house with multiple puppy dogs and my wife. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I think I really don't see myself deviating from what, I mean, who knows what God has planned, but into, yeah. if I had my way, mm. I'd really be wanting to do exactly what I'm doing now, perhaps with less public knowledge of who I am, but okay. you know, um, hear you. yeah, <laughs> good deal. So you mentioned puppies. Do y'all have any, any dogs in the house right now? We, well, while we were building a house, we lived with my mother-in-law and she had two pups, which was incredible, but moving out of there has been painful. And so we're actually about a month away from our puppy was born a few weeks ago. So in a few weeks, she'll come to live with us, which is nice. Great. What, yeah. what breed did y'all get? Uh, they're called miniature schnauzers. Okay. Yeah. They've got yeah. like a little beard and they're super fluffy and they don't shed, which is good because I am allergic to everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Good. To, not, I'm not excellent that you're allergic, but, but, uh, no, no, on the that's great. So I'm bouncing around here, but one more, one more question. So, uh, is there a particular part of, of the Bible that you draw more inspiration from in, in music? Uh, so I know a lot of, Folks are moved by the Psalms, but uh, is there any any one area of Scripture in particular that uh, is more helpful to you in that process? I have always, over the last few years, been drawn to uh, the book of 1 John. Hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, that has just really spoken to me really clearly. Um, let me just find it because I, I don't want to get this wrong. Hmm. Um 1 John chapter 3 from verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us love with words or speech, not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. I think that that last verse there really has stood out to me as I've, I guess, matured over the years and in the way I go about my teaching and the way I go about my ministry with leading my team. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Mm. I think that's so much of what uh, we're called to do in terms of living out our faith or living out our ministry is to, to love in actions and truth, not just to talk, mm. but to live it out. And so I think that's been so foundational for me in my mindset and my approach to worship leading or stepping into the classroom or meeting new people in church or that sort of thing is to just go, well, I could just talk about how I can do stuff or I can actually do it mm. um, and, you know, live that truth or to model that truth or to share that truth. And so that's, for me, that, that little passage has been everything these last few years. Well, Ben, it has been a pleasure. And uh, hey, let me just encourage you, the next time you happen to be at Outback Steakhouse, uh, yes. don't don't get the steak, get Alice Springs chicken. That is You know dip. what? Yeah. I have had that before. That is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. So if, if I ever get to come to Australia, I'm going to go to Alice Springs just in honor of that dish. So. Yes. 
Oh, that's so good. I love that. It's my, I love I have that. my friends give me a hard time for going to a steakhouse and not getting steak. <laughs> me too. I always get a burger or chicken or something else. I never get steak. But, right. Oh, yeah. So my brothers, that's it. That's great, man. That's great. Well, uh, it has been such a, a privilege to be able to speak to you. And uh, I'm so thankful um, for you taking the time to come on. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's, you know, it's, again, just another mind-blowing opportunity to talk about the crazy things God's doing amongst us. And so thank you so much for your time. Amen. Well, again, that was Ben Gibbons of City Alight. And so I want to encourage you once more to visit reclamationworship.com where you can find information about City Alight. And if you have not done so, please visit iTunes where you can subscribe to Reclamation Worship. You can also leave us a rating and a review. I would greatly appreciate that. We are on Twitter at Reclamation HQ. We are on Instagram at Reclamation Worship and on Facebook at Reclamation Worship. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.